Hello, everyone. Welcome to the True North Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Tate. On today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Bears of Canada. So recent events have gotten me considering just talking about bears and bear hunting in Canada. Um, as of recording this on February 4th, 2021, um, a Senate bill down in the States. I know this podcast is supposed to be about Canada, but it will get back to get back to that. Um, a Senate bill in California was proposed by Senator Weiner to ban black bear hunting in the state of California. Now, this bill was, uh, I don't know, redacted or um, was taken back by the senator uh, before it even hit the floor um, for any voting or any committee um, discussions um, due to an overwhelming support um, in opposition to removing the ability to hunt black bears in the state of California. Um, this is very important because bear hunting and predator hunting are typically seen as the ins for un for anti-hunting groups to slowly chip away at hunters' abilities to participate in their activities, um, you know, slowly. So they start with bears, um, and then they slowly chip away at all other hunting. Along those same lines, we can look at other examples. I believe it's New Jersey that has banned bear hunting in some parts of it. Um, and they're just being overrun with bears now, uh, to the point where they are hiring professional shooters to go out and dispose of these bears. Um, so this comes at a cost. The same thing is kind of happening in California again with cougar hunting, where they completely banned cougar hunting. And now the state of California is having to use taxpayers' money to pay for professional hunters to go out and kill cougars to the tune of, you know, more cougars than were being hunted on an annual basis. At least that's the information that I've been getting. Um, this kind of ballot box biology is not foreign to Canada. We've seen British Columbia um, ban grizzly bear hunting. Um, and a more insulting part of that is it wasn't even done with a ballot box initiative. There was no official vote in the province of British Columbia whether or not to get rid of grizzly bears or grizzly bear hunting. Sorry. Um, they... The NDP government, the provincial NDP government in BC, based their decision off of, I believe it was a Vancouver Sun opinion poll as to whether or not uh, grizzly bear hunting should be banned or not. Um, there was some international interest in this poll. Um, some hunting groups forwarded the link to the poll and be like, hey guys, like, hey, get in on this, you know. Um, say, yeah, you want to keep bear hunting as they kind of assumed it was going to be influential 
And unfortunately, their involvement was influential in, in a negative aspect where there was an uproar about it. Um, and in a show of virtue signaling, the NDP government there decided to go through with it and just outright banned grizzly bear hunting as kind of like an FU uh, to hunters. Um, and this is very problematic because hunting is a, in North America at least, is ideally, um, I can't say maybe it's it's not always executed this way, but ideally within the North American model of wildlife conservation, wildlife management is based off of science and every province and territory has its own wildlife biology scientists that determine the legal amount of take that a species can handle, a game species can handle, um, and then they allocate tags for that. The, the benefit to this model is that hunters are then paying to be out on the landscape and help aid in the conservation efforts of wildlife uh, agencies across the country. Where, if we go back to my example of California banning cougar hunting, and at the expense of taxpayers, they are now killing more cougars than hunters were effectively killing, this comes at a cost. So instead of having people pay to participate in this conservation model that has it has its issues, but it stands, it's been standing very well as like a great model of conservation. Instead of having people pay to participate in these activities, we are now paying, or I guess the California, the state of California taxpayers are now paying to have someone go out and kill mountain lions, and then they just dispose of the bodies. There's no utilization of the hide. Um, there's no utilization of the, the meat. Um, that may seem kind of controversial, but from the media that I've consumed around hunting cougars and mount, or mountain lions, um, the meat is actually quite good and almost similar to pork. Now, if that's not your thing, I'm not saying like everyone needs to go out and shoot cougars, but people need to realize that these creatures are a viable source of food. The same goes with bears. Now, unfortunately, bear hunting has an image issue. Um, It's seen as and regarded as a trophy hunt. And unfortunately, trophy hunting is confused nowadays with what its initial intent was. So from my understanding, trophy status of animals was put in place after the market hunting era. And it was done so to create a standard for hunters to pursue game with the intent of harvesting an older age class of animals 
regardless of the species. So you have trophy class deer, and that would be deer that would obtain a specific score based on the measurement of their antlers. With black bears, it's a little bit different. It's the size of their hide, um, be it like a nose to tail measurement or the like square footage of the bear. And these classification systems were created in order to incentivize hunters to pursue that older age class of bear as well as other animals um, that would viably help the population by hunting those class of animals. So what this would do is it would allow more younger animals to survive and live longer and achieve a higher age class. Uh, because in the animal world, for the most part, bigger animals are older animals. So that's kind of stuck with hunting. Now people see deer hunting more so as a food pursuit rather than just a trophy, trophy in quotation pursuit. Um, but bear hunting now just has this stigma. And unfortunately, there's other hunting that could fall into this classification as well. But again, it's just an age class system. So bighorn sheep, uh, especially here in Alberta, as well as other jurisdictions, I'm sure, um, have a requirement for what is considered a quote unquote trophy sheep. Um, what this refers to is a mature full curl ram. So a male that has reached an age class of generally 10 plus years. Um, taking these animals out of the ecosystem isn't as impactful as taking the females out or effectively eliminating a younger age class of the animal. Because a younger ram, like a five-year-old ram, is going to potentially have more years to breed, more years to pass on its genetics, whereas a 10-plus-year-old ram is probably going to be reaching the end of its lifespan, regardless of whether it's preyed on, hunted, or knocked off the mountain. It could just die of old age. What anti-hunters don't seem to understand, um, well, actually, I shouldn't even say anti-hunters. What I should say, um, what I should say is, non-hunting people don't understand the success that wildlife conservation has had in the country of Canada, nor do they truly understand you know, what's happening when we pursue bears or hunt bears, um, specifically, uh, never mind all animals, um, and anti-hunting groups use this and leverage this to try and pursue banning bear hunting, um, thus starting down the slippery slope of banning all hunting. Another issue that we need to watch out for is the iconography used by anti-hunting groups to try and promote non-hunters to get on their side 
for banning bear hunting, which is usually the usage of the image of a uh, sow bear with cubs. Now, from my research, this is, or the hunting of a sow with cubs is illegal. It is not promoted by any wildlife regulations. Um, and therefore, it's a bit of a dirty trick that they pull in order to try and get people to sympathize with their idea of banning bear hunting. Looking at the harvest rates for Alberta, um, out of 20, approximately 2,700 bears taken in 2019, 2,100 of them were males and only 600 were females. So this wouldn't have a huge impact negatively on the recruitment abilities of the province's black bear species. Getting back to ballot box bio biology, um, looking in the future, uh, grizzly bears are being more successful in Alberta. Um, I'm sure in parts of BC, they're very successful and probably overrun. And polar bear hunting, although very controversial, depending on who you talk to, needs to be looked at and protected as well. Uh, grizzlies and polar bears are very easy animals to utilize to start the ban of bear hunting. They're used because people have this assumption that they are going extinct, that they're endangered, um, and that there aren't enough of them. Um, but what these individuals don't understand is that even though maybe a viable population doesn't exist in an area that was traditionally grizzly bear or polar bear habitat, that doesn't mean that the areas that are viable and have abundant numbers don't need to be managed. Um, bears are, for the lack of a better description, very vicious animals, especially male bears. They will kill uh, cubs, um, regardless of whether they're theirs or not. They don't know that generally just so that they can eat and also so that they can breed. They don't want competition and, and they just run through younger bears and are very, they don't have any humanity. They don't think about that stuff. And it would be foolish for us to put that on them. We've seen this with the grizzly bear hunting ban in BC, where you have people traditionally in the lower mainland of British Columbia being like, well, there's no grizzly bears down here. They must be, you know, endangered. They hear about endangered species in other countries, such as like in the States in the lower 48, uh, grizzly bears, they're trying to bring them back. They've established some viable populations with limited hunts, although those have been challenged in court. But we need to be careful about that in Canada. You know, the studies, there are studies that say that bears are responsible for 50% of all uh, moose, calf, and elk calf related deaths. 
And so if we're not helping manage these populations, we could also lose our moose and our elk, which would have a huge impact environmentally on the landscape. And with climate change, people are very concerned with polar bears. Now, I do understand that, you know, lack of sea ice is having a huge impact on polar bears. But what that means is that the polar bear populations are going to become more concentrated and probably will need some more management so that there isn't disease within the species, um, as well as like that the animal, that the species of polar bears can actually survive within the environments that are still afforded to it until such time as maybe things start to reverse, there starts to be more sea ice, and we begin to see an expansion of polar bear range as well as populations. So as outdoors people, hunters um, and fishers even, we need to be aware of these ballot box initiatives to ban any activities within our realm because one ban can lead to the next, can lead to the next. And even if you don't think it'll affect your activities, it could eventually get to you. So I've struggled with this previously. Um, I was never really interested in bear hunting, um, actively bear hunting. I have been on one successful bear hunt in my life. Um, I wasn't the hunter. I was with someone who was out looking to pursue a spring black bear. And we were successful in that endeavor. Um, but I really, for a number of years, didn't have any interest in hunting, the actual pursuit of hunting black bears. Um, looking at the status of, or not the status, but the, the requirements for keep for bears, um, it's a fur-bearing animal is what it's considered. So you don't technically have to process the meat of the animal. Um, you do have to retain it after um, after harvesting a bear from the, from the landscape, but you're not required to keep it. Um, so it, it just never really interested me. I purchased a black bear tag for a number of years for fall hunting um, just as an opportunistic thing um, my dad that's how my dad did it he was like well you know I'll get a black bear tag at least this way if I see one or if I run into an altercation with one after I've taken a deer or or whatever other servant animal um, at least then if I have to dispose of the animal, I don't really have to explain myself to fish and wildlife. It doesn't look sketchy. It's just like a matter of convenience. It's like, hey, black bear, got it. Not a problem. Um, now, I held this mentality for a number of years. Um, so never truly pursuing black bear, but just kind of an opportunistic like, oh, hey, maybe if there's a bear, I'll go, I'll go after it. Um, until a about two years ago and I started learning about the usefulness of black bears um, in terms of rendering fat 
um, consuming the meat. Um, I've been informed that it's similar to a beef, um, although probably gamey. Um, I have yet to be able to like consume uh, any black bear meat, um, but I'm looking forward to it in the future. Um, as well as like having the hide around is pretty, well, their hides are very nice. If you've never experienced a spring black bear hide, it's very soft. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And, and I'd be interested in making something out of that. Um, so for the last two years, I have bought a black bear tag with the intent of pursuing black bears um and going out and finding them now in the spring it's a little bit easier because hey, because uh spring black uh black bear is the only real big game animal that you can pursue in the spring uh in the fall my focus tends to shift towards elk um deer elk and deer um so it's still in the fall more of an opportunistic pursuit um one to which i have tried to capitalize on uh, i've been unsuccessful um, but it's it's something that i am looking forward to in the future um, being able to harvest a black bear and i hope one day hopefully to be able to hunt a grizzly or polar bear thank you everyone for listening uh, the podcast is going to take a bit of a shift here. I'm going to be moving to a bi-weekly model, so every two weeks, as thankfully restrictions are starting to lift over the COVID-19 um, pandemic here in 2021, finally, and I'll be working a lot more now that um, facilities that will be able to be open to some extent. Um, I want to thank you guys again for listening and look out for the next podcast in two weeks time. And remember, as hunters, anglers, and outdoors people, we need to guard the gate.